Two Boston Bruins players and the head coach won major NHL awards on Monday, while another guy was shipped out to Chicago of all places. We're going to talk about the NHL awards, Taylor Hall sent to Chicago, and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Tuesday, June 27th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day, free and available on your favorite podcast app, as well as on YouTube. Please do subscribe so that you never miss a thing. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. It's been almost two months since the Boston Bruins played their last game of the postseason. It's been very quiet around this club since that time. We finally have a bunch of news to get to today, including NHL award wins and a major trade, and that is where we're going to start. On Monday around 3 p.m., it was announced that Don Sweeney had traded Taylor Hall to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for defenseman Alec Regula and Ian Mitchell, both of whom are restricted free agents. Included in the deal were the rights to Nick Foligno. He can become an unrestricted free agent on Saturday, and Chicago now has exclusive negotiating rights. So, so it's not a salary dump in terms of Nick Foligno's contract, but what it does do is remove the entirety of Taylor Hall's remaining two years at $6 million dollars Per season, Boston now has almost $11 million in available cap space, but with one fewer player on the roster. They now have 14 guys on the roster, need 23 by opening night, and they have just shy of $11 million. Now, the reaction afterwards was all right, let's get rid of Hall, and now we're re signing Tyler Bertuzzi. But they're still in a bit of a cap pinch here. Like I said, nine spots on the roster to fill with $11 million at their disposal. So it's not just a simple matter of Hall's gone, you sign Bertuzzi, and they're free and clear. They still have a lot of work to do here, and we'll talk about that more later on in the podcast. As for Hall, it's a it's a significant loss. You know, he... Bruins had the luxury over the past couple of years to have Taylor Hall playing more of a supporting role, not a starring role. And that was especially true this past season when everybody's healthy, he's a third liner and, and not really getting top power play time. Fantastic first full season with the Bruins, 20 goals, 41 assists for 61 points in 81 games. And then... This past season, 36 points in 61 games. 
had some injury issues down the stretch, but he was huge in the playoffs, scoring five goals, recording three additional assists for eight points in the seven games. And you could tell that he knew this might be his best shot at getting a Stanley Cup. As I pop the graphics up here and he was going for it. He was in it. He was invested. He wanted to be a Bruin. Unfortunately, Boston's cap crunch made it so that they couldn't retain him. They couldn't keep him around. It's a function of a flat salary cap, only going up to $83.5 million. And you have those bonus overages due to David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron, $4.5 million against the cap. And David Pasternak going almost doubling his cap hit from last year. 6.66 up to 11.25. I'm not a great math guy. I know that's not almost double, but it's a significant jump. 11.25 million against the cap. That is 13.5% of the of their capabilities. Charlie McAvoy making 9.5. That's an additional 11.4%. It's very difficult to have that kind of depth when you're carrying massive contracts like that. And that's why, you know, we had Vegas. They were the first team to win the Stanley Cup with a player making at least $10 million. It's just difficult to build a deep, strong team in today's NHL especially when the cap isn't going up. Now, the expectation is that it will go up significantly over the next couple of years, and the Bruins could put more pieces around Pasternak, McAvoy. There's not, there's no blowing it up going on here when you have those two guys under contract, long-term, still in their primes. You have Jeremy Swayman to build around. You have some decent pieces here. What they need is the cap going up. And of course, top line center, perhaps a second line center as well. In regular and Mitchell, they're getting back some, yeah, fringe right-hand shot defenseman. Mitchell did play for uh, Jim Montgomery in the past in the university. So perhaps that's some incentive to get him in the lineup to see if he can shine under his old head coach. But really, it's a pure cap dump here by the Boston Bruins. And whether or not they re-sign Bertuzzi or are just able to bring in some cheaper contracts, depth guys, we'll have to wait and see. There's going to be additional, there has to be additional shedding of salary. And we'll talk about that in segment three here on today's podcast, but a fond farewell to Taylor Hall, no longer a Boston Bruin. I loved having him in black and gold. Um, I'll never forget that goal. He scored against Washington in tight, just got the puck up so fast after playing it to his forehand. Uh, He had some great moments in black and gold. And um, unfortunately, They just couldn't keep him around because of their cap constraints. He's likely going to play wingman for Connor Bedard, 
which is not a bad assignment. Chicago, we know, has issues on and off the ice, but we wish him well moving forward. And for me, I have him in a salary cap keeper league, and now I have to decide whether or not to keep him or drop him. That will be an interesting decision that uh, probably nobody cares about but me. So Taylor Hall is gone. The Bruins have $11 million in cap space, and they have a lot of holes on the roster to fill. We'll talk about that later on. Coming up, we'll do a recap of the NHL awards. But first, a quick word about today's sponsor, our friends over at Game Time. Now, Game Time is a ticketing app that I recently downloaded. Instant success getting tickets to a City in Color Ben Harper show this summer in Toronto. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, they'll credit you 110% of the difference. You can get images of your seat before you buy, purchase in a matter of seconds, Tickets are sent directly to your phone. Just download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but just create an account, redeem that code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Last-minute tickets at the lowest price on GameTime, guaranteed. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And the NHL draft is coming up later this week. After you listen to this show, be sure to check out Locked On's 2023 mock draft special. Local hosts have made their picks, and hosts Gil Martin and Hattie Kalecci break down every selection over a three day mock draft event. Find the episodes on Locked On NHL on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. So following the uh, trade of Taylor Hall, we had the NHL awards last night. And, you know, it's easy to get lost in Boston's playoff loss, but they really did have an exceptional regular season, one for the ages, and they were rewarded last night with some hardware. Patrice Bergeron, let's start with him, winning his record-extending sixth career and second consecutive Selkie Trophy. Almost unanimous, uh, 187 of 196 first place votes from the Professional Hockey Writers Association. He didn't attend the ceremony uh, because his wife, Stephanie, is expecting another child, didn't want to travel. And I saw a lot of people saying, oh, this is a, a, a token award, kind of like an honorary Oscar. He might retire, so they wanted to give it to him one more time. No, he deserved this he earned this he led the nhl in faceoff wins and had an exceptional offensive season montgomery said the best defensive player i've ever had the fortune to watch or see and he does it daily he even said he didn't know didn't realize he was that good and then his ability to impact others and make them better people is a completely different thing. He's a great leader. 
Now, Bergeron is just the eighth player in league history to win a voted-on award at least six times. Joining, listen to these names. Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Orr, Doug Harvey, Nicholas Lidstrom, Frank Boucher, Gordie Howe, Dominic Hasek. He's a first ballot surefire Hall of Famer and uh, so happy that he was able to win this award, even though he wasn't there. Still, fantastic speech that you can see on uh, YouTube or Twitter. And uh, we wish him and Stephanie and their family all the best with the impending arrival of the next baby Bergeron. Hope that he's back for at least one more season. I mean, what can you say about Patrice Bergeron at this point? He is a legend. Joining him on the podium, Linus Olmark, becoming the sixth goalie in Bruins history to capture the Vesna Trophy, first since Tuka Rask in 2014, and uh, Tim Thomas winning before him. He said it's a goal for everyone that plays hockey and plays at the professional level. You want to be the best at your position even the best player. Allmark captured the Jennings Trophy along with Jeremy Swayman for allowing the fewest goals in the NHL. And, you know, he said, you have that goal. You set out when he got to Boston. Did you think it was going to come true? You know, probably not. But he beat out Ilya Sorokin, Connor Hellebuck for the Vesna win. He led the NHL in wins with 40, led the NHL in goals against average and save percentage, eighth goalie in league history to win the Triple Crown, first since Carey Price in 2015. And when you're winning all three of those categories, it's impossible to deny someone the Vesna Trophy. Now, there was a bit of controversy during his speech. He mentioned goalie Bob Essensa and how perhaps they had some differences in approach or goals. I don't think it was a, a shot or you know, a, a sign that he's on his way out. It is just the reality of working with somebody every day. You're not always going to agree on every little thing. And it's a testament to the relationship that Bob Essensa was able to get the most out of Linus Allmark here this season. I don't think it was just a matter of Boston having the best defense in the NHL. He was a huge reason why. And if you look back at the highlight reel, I mean, there's just some saves that he had no business making. Will he be a Bruin next season? That's still a bit of a a question mark, but it's hard to argue with, the duo that they have in net at the moment. Finally, Jim Montgomery winning the Jack Adams award, the fifth Bruins coach to win joining Don Cherry, Pat Burns, Claude Julian, Bruce Cassidy. They're on a nice run here of three head coaches in a row winning the Jack Adams 20th coach to win the award in his first season with a new team, 79 of a possible 82 first uh, place votes. He said the award is a reflection of the historical and great season the Bruins had as a whole. Um, Players win games. Coaches give them an opportunity to go out and play. Such a dedicated group. And it was like going to Disney World every day because there was a different ride. 
his speech was very special. Um, he specifically mentioned his journey to overcome alcoholism, thanking many people that make us make up his support system, his wife, his four children who stuck by him. And he said he has an attitude of gratitude. He wakes up every day, writes down what he's grateful for, and that sets his head straight and creates happiness from within. That's valuable to be able to share the happiness that you went through with the team. Uh, Being vulnerable creates trust more than anything. And being vulnerable is actually a strength. Everybody has their things they battle with in life, whether it's someone in their family or someone else in mental health. People need support, and it's important to know that people aren't alone. For me, these wins really put this past season in perspective. Yes, incredibly disappointing how it fell flat in the playoffs, but such a magical season that I won't soon forget. And, you know, Pasternak recently having a kid, Montgomery's journey, Yes, I know it's not on the same level, but even Allmark's relationship with Swayman, it really puts things in perspective that this is a game they get to play, that we get to watch, but um, it's all part of the journey, and that's the kind of stuff that matters in the end. David Pasternak was up for a couple of awards. He was the runner-up for the Hart Trophy, coming in second to Connor McDavid, ahead of Matthew Kachuk. Highest finish for Bruin in MVP voting since Ray Bork in 1990. Only one first place vote. It'll be interesting to see who that went to um, or who did not give that vote to Connor McDavid. Um, He also was a runner up for the uh, or in the running for the Ted Lindsay trophy that went to McDavid as well, I believe. Allmark Pasternak both named first-team NHL All-Stars. Hampus Lindholm finished fourth in Norris Trophy voting and was named second-team NHL. Um, Charlie McAvoy got one fifth-place Norris vote. Um, Other guys getting votes. Bergeron finished 14th in the Lady Bing. Pasternak. um, Allmark. Swayman. Krejci also received votes for the league's most gentlemanly player. All right, coming up next, we are going to discuss what Pasternak and Montgomery had to say about the Taylor Hall trade and a quick look at what is next for the Boston Bruins. And we'll do that here after the break. Obviously, Taylor Hall being traded was a big point of conversation, and everybody knew change was coming. And it began with this first shoe-to-drop. Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, traded to Chicago for Alec Regula and Ian Mitchell. Um, Montgomery simply said, it's time to start focusing on next year. Lost two really good players but we knew that if it wasn't them, it was going to be somebody else. Just, just the way the business world works. They got these NHL awards. Now they're looking forward. A couple good young defensemen coming in. They're excited about next year. I doubt either of those guys will be in the NHL lineup. Although Ian Mitchell 
certainly has an opportunity to crack the lineup. Again, a 24-year-old right-hand defenseman could fill a void left by Connor Clifton, who's likely heading to uh, free agency qualifying offer of $874,000. He was a second round draft pick back in 2017. Last year for Rockford, he had uh, six points in five games, eight points in 35 games for the Chicago Blackhawks. David Posternock said, it's hard. You know, those guys were close friends but they all know what kind of business it is. Stuff happens in hockey. It's unfortunate for the friendship aspect, but we all understand they're going to stay friends. Um, and again, David Posternock's part of that business. He has a significant raise, and it can't be lost on him that that means some guys are going to have to clear out to make space for his monstrous new contract. Of Mitchell, who played, like I mentioned, at Denver with Montgomery. He has high character, fit in the culture immediately. He's got competitive spirit. Those are his greatest attributes. Now, the Bruins also did pull off another very small trade on Monday, and that was sending Shane Bowers, who I had talked up recently as a guy who could, challenge for like a fourth line role. He was sent to the New Jersey Devils for defenseman Riley Walsh. Walsh, another kind of AHL right-hand shot defenseman, third round pick in 2017. Pretty uh, decent offensive contributor for the Utica Comets over the past two seasons. He had 41 points in 71 games this past season. 43 points in 70 games in 2021-22. Again, another guy who could challenge for some playing time on the cheap for the Boston Bruins. Uh, He is a restrictive free agent, due a new contract. Similar qualifying offer due to him of $874,000. So the Bruins adding cornering the market on some fringe right-hand shot defensemen as of late. And um, we'll see if any of those guys challenge for roster spots with McAvoy, Carlo penciled in on the right side. And then Clifton likely gone should be an opening there. And uh, we'll see how it shakes out on the left side with Lindholm. Grizzly might be gone. Riley might be gone. Forbort could be gone. You got Zborl, and then, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. And the Bruins do need to shed more cap space. Don't kid yourselves into thinking that Taylor Hall was it. They have a roster of 14 players at the moment, $11 million in cap space. Do the math. If you average that out, it's just over a million or less than that per player available. They really have to get creative here. The buyout window ends on Friday. And you could see Grizzly traded. Riley bought out. I mean, heck, even Brandon Carlo could be a, a target to be traded. Maybe Linus Allmark goes. It's crazy that you have 
Only 14 guys signed, but only $10 million remaining in cap space. The blue line is an area where somebody's going to have to go. That's where, I mean, they have more defensemen signed at the moment than forwards between McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Grizzlick, Forbort, Riley, Zboril up front. Right now, it's Pasternak, Marshawn, Coyle, Zaka, DeBrusque, and Greer. That's it. You're going to have to get six more forwards, at least on the ice to begin. Yeah, there's going to be some guys coming up from the AHL, perhaps Beecher, Merkulov, Lysel, Steen, Lauko. But you can't have a roster half made up of, of AHL graduates. Um, they're going to have to find some NHL veterans, bring some guys in, fill out the roster. That is what is next. It's a tall task for Don Sweeney. GM of the year award not handed out last night. Probably going to Sweeney, and it's handed out at the NHL draft. The Bruins right now have no picks until the third round, which will take place on Thursday afternoon. Could there be more trades today? Quite possibly. Could there be some movement with Tyler Bertuzzi? They have exclusive signing rights, so they could put pen to paper at any time now. Um, But if you sign him big money long-term, then you're just back in the same boat you were prior to the Hall trade, but with a guy who's a bit younger. And that's the benefit here. You're getting some years back. If you sign Bertuzzi, a guy who fit in very well, I'd be reluctant to give him like a six-year deal, maybe a four-year deal, um, and see what happens there. But that's what's next for Don Sweeney. Clearing out more space, filling out the roster, Maybe trying to get back in the draft. That's the thing with this Hall trade. They couldn't even get a pick from Chicago. That's what the market is like right now. Very tough. And uh, a lot of teams are feeling it. Boston, still a lot of work ahead to put together a, an opening right roster for October. All right, that's where we stand at the moment. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen to Locked On Boston Bruins. We're here every single day talking about all things black and gold, and we will be back tomorrow with a draft preview and any other breaking news to discuss here on Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care of yourselves, friends. Take care of each other. Talk to you again tomorrow.